2: Hey everybody, welcome to the Story Collider's third and final series of stories of COVID-19. This week we're bringing you two pandemic love stories. I remember when I was younger, I read the Hunger Games book series, and if you've read this series, you might remember that while they're in the midst of this big war, two of the characters get married and they have this big wedding. And I remember when I read this, I thought, That's so unrealistic. How can they take this time to celebrate while so many overwhelmingly terrible things are happening? Shouldn't they be focused on the task at hand? How can they even feel this joyful given the circumstances? Now, in 2021, I understand a little bit better. Even in the midst of a war or a pandemic, we still fall in love. We still find these moments of joy. In some ways, we have to in order to get through, in order to remember what we're fighting for. In our stories today, love conquers all, even the obstacles presented by COVID. Our first story today is from Jared Waters. It was recorded in December 2020 in New York City.
1: So we met. We met at Disney World. Disney World is a place where we were working. We are both doing our internships there. And I got in Disney Jail. Disney Jail is a place where they ask you on your application, what do you least likely want to do and what would you really like to do? And what I least likely wanted to do was food services. And that's what they put me in. They put me in this jail, this prison that I was in. Right? Technically, I could leave the jail, but it's a jail designed for you to quit. That's the reason why they call it Disney Jail, because they don't want to fire anybody on the property. Uh, The proposal, we were together seven years before we got engaged, right? And uh, the one thing you don't want to do, especially with a a Spanish Caribbean woman, is have her waiting for seven years. So I proposed uh, the day before our seven-year anniversary. And at the time, she was working in London. Now, think about our relationship. We were always bouncing around. She's in conservatory work, so she has different assignments all over different places. And times, I'll be on the road doing different things. So at the time, she was doing this conservative project, getting her master's in London, and I was in New York. I was officially moved to New York. So we would go out to see each other. What we do in our relationship is, uh, the summers, I would go to London. So I will do stand-up in London. Or when I had break, when I was working, we would go to different countries, and that was a time where we would just take a time to block out whatever we were doing and spend time together. Now, she's in London. Uh, I visit Christmas. I visit in the summer. But April, I had a break, and I asked her, I was like, hey, uh, you want to go to I got a break coming up. You want to go to France? France isn't that far from London. And she goes, yeah, I'll go to France. I've never been to France before. And what I did was I gave her different options of different places to go, but I knew she would choose France because in the back of her head, she's like, when will he propose? And our anniversary was April 23rd, right? So I proposed April 22nd, one day before our seven-year anniversary. So I told her, I was like, we've been together six years, 364 days. So technically she didn't have to wait seven years to be engaged. So we got engaged in Paris, France, and uh, we went back right to the place where it all started. We went right back to Disney World. Uh, We're walking around. I introduced her to this guy that I met, and uh, he pretty much took us back there to private services. In the same way I proposed on our first date, I proposed again. We went to see Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse gave her a letter, and in that letter, she read it, and when she finished reading, I got down on one knee, and I gave her the Infinity Stone, 3.55 diamond carat rings, Big Paula, shot collar, 20 inch blade on the Chevy and Paula, we freaking did that, right? And she said, yes. Now she didn't really get to see the ring, cause she was more emotional about getting engaged. She was happy. Mickey was hugging both of us. Then we get outside and that sun started shining. And she looked at it, goes, Jesus Christ. And I said, Yeah, that ring go bling bling. Mine goes bling blam. You know what I mean? Uh <laughs> so we talk after her and she goes, well, when are we gonna get married? I was like, 423. All of our numbers are 423. Our anniversary is 423. Let's get engaged. Let's get married. 423. So she says, sure, no problem. Now, we go in January. This is January 2020. She goes down to Florida. We're in Florida. She's picking out her wedding dress. We just buy the wedding dress. I don't get to see it, but I purchased it. And and then she goes, well, I'm going to set up for the wedding. So a month before the wedding, probably way before the wedding. So maybe this is two months before the wedding. She has a house down in Belize, so she goes to set up for the wedding. And as we're about to go to the wedding, this is when Corona starts kicking up, where she goes, Corona's looking crazy. Do you think we'll still have the wedding? And I'm the type of person in the relationship where I'm always, I see the cup half full all the time. Even if, you know, I'm in trouble, I see the cup half full of about anything. I was like, hey, don't worry, man. Don't worry. I don't got Corona. Don't worry. We'll still have the wedding. This thing will go away. No problem. Then it's... uh it's four weeks before the wedding. She goes, New York looks really bad. I said, Hey, don't worry. I don't got corona. Don't worry about it. Everything's gonna be good. And then she hits me and it's about it's about three weeks before the wedding and New York shuts down. America shuts down. Then the country she's in, which is Belize, where we're gonna do the wedding in Belize. And the reason why we did it in Belize is because her family's Belize and we wanted her her grandparents, we wanted her people to come And we wanted to get my southern people, you know, some of them that don't have passports and can't leave, you know, legally or illegally, we wanted them to get out and have a vacation. We want everyone to have a vacation, experience the country of Belize. So she gets down there, their country, they locks us, they lock down away from Americans, so we're just stuck away from each other. In the beginning, uh, we FaceTime every day. Every night we FaceTime, we talk about our days and stuff like that. And uh, she goes, Jared, we got to call off the wedding. And I was like, you know, no, maybe, maybe it's not that bad. She goes, the country's shut down. Nobody can fly out until I think it was like, she said August or something like that. She goes, we got to postpone the wedding. And I don't know if anyone's postponed a wedding before, but you know, for her, it was a home wedding, but for us, it's a destination. So everyone has to cancel their flights. Everyone has to fight with the hotel people to, you know, get their money back and People who got suits and stuff like that. So it's a lot of pressure. And, you know, it's, it's sad. You know, imagine the, the woman of your dreams having to postpone her special day. And the thing about what's pissing her off is that people are walking up telling her it's going to be okay. It's not going to be okay because you don't know what it's like to postpone your wedding in a pandemic. You don't know the aftermath of that. You don't know the next time you postpone the wedding. It's just like if you want to do a wedding, now they're going to say there can only 10 people be at a wedding because of the socially distance, man. So imagine going from 300 people. Now you got to get your wedding down to 10 people. What 10 people do you really like? I like my brother, but I don't know if he's going to make my top 10. I'm going back to my space. I got to call Tom and say, Tom, how do we do this? She's pissed, man. She's sad. She's crying. We're looking over FaceTime, tears coming down her eyes. I got to be strong for both of us. But at the same time, I'm upset. Imagine me being a provider, being a man, wanting to give her the special day of her life. And I can't do that because it's dirty backwood viruses here. I don't know if it's dirty, you know, but, you know, it's an airborne virus. So I don't know. I May mean, I, I heard a lot of clean people getting it, too. But, you know, it happens. So I hit her up and I'm like, you know, don't worry about it. You know, just trust God. You know, anything will happen. You know, the next one will be better. And I told her, don't worry. If this wedding ain't the perfect one, I promise the next wedding I give you, you know, it's going to be a better one. I'll marry you 17 times if we got to do it. We'll get it right. And then uh, we postponed it. Just sadness, man. Sadness. If you ever seen a, a woman heartbroken, times that by ten. And I'm away from her. You know, I can't physically comfort her right now because technically all of our countries are shut down. So I'm all alone, man. All alone. In my house, all alone. You know, the best sleep I got in my life, but all alone. You know, it's it's just very comfortable, with one person on this, you know, this queen size bed. I don't gotta worry about her legs sticking in my side, you know what I mean? But that's the only good part. It's very good resting. But well, we're sitting there, man, and we're talking over FaceTime. I'm, I'm locked down. I can't do stand-up comedy. I'm just alone at my house, alone in a room. just I can't even say me and you. It's just me. I was sitting in my home just like, man, this can't be happening. No way. No way, Jose, you know? No way. Translated to Spanish, no way, Jose. Then uh, comedy starts lifting up again. New York starts opening up, and... For the first time in a long time we start resting you know for the first time i'm going to sleep at 10 o'clock after 10 o'clock in the evening i can't new york is shut down she shut down they have a curfew we got a curfew i'm just shut down i'm just i'm inside shut down resting and as i'm resting i'm realizing like man i don't want to spend another second on this earth without her at all i mean you know i could do you know maybe 30 seconds without her you know sometimes you know i need to go to the bathroom by myself you don't want to you know, you don't want to be sitting down seeing somebody's eyes when you on a commode. You don't want that. But at the same time, I don't want to spend no more times without her, man. Stand-up's happening again. They're still locked down. Now Belize is locking themselves away from us because the virus is so rampant in our country, they've locked themselves away from us. Hitting her up, talking to her. We're trying to figure when we're we going to reschedule the date, when we're we going to reschedule the wedding. And I said, look, we just got to get close to each other. I don't, let's, let's find a way. Belize opens the borders. And uh, as they open the borders, they get hit by a hurricane. Country's devastated. They postpone the airport. I'm like, cheese and crackers, when the freak can I see this woman? Next, you know, they delay her flight. Then they delay her flight. And she has a connecting flight, so the connecting flight's delayed, so she finally gets on the plane. They When she gets there, she goes, I missed my flight, but this Belizean, I think the Hispanic dude, Is a Hispanic guy working. I was like, just use your language. You know, Spanish people help out Spanish people. So she's talking to the dude. He goes, hey, I'll put you on this flight. Don't worry. So he switches her flight. It's no cost to me. And she goes, I got to get to JFK instead of LaGuardia. So I pick her up. We exchange salivas. And I pick up her bags. And we catch a $70 Uber. And we get home. I tell her, look. I don't want to spend another moment without you. I don't know when the next wedding is going to be. Let's go to the courthouse. Let's make it right.
2: That was Jared Waters. Jared is a stand-up comedian residing in New York City. He hails from Brunsom, the Netherlands, and gained his stand-up legs in Tampa, Florida. When Jared is in between jokes, the future of this great nation rests on his shoulders as a kindergarten teacher and host of the podcast One Man, One Tree, and a Hill. Before we continue on today, I just want to remind everyone that if you want to support stories like the ones we're sharing today, if you, like all of us at the Story Collider, believe in the power these stories have to change our understanding of how science happens and who it belongs to, you can sign up to support the Story Collider on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash collider. We so appreciate the support of our patrons, especially during this unpredictable time. You can also check out storycollider.org for more information on upcoming shows and workshops. We have outdoor shows coming up this fall in New York, St. Louis, D.C., Boston, and more. And no matter where you are, we have live stream tickets available for other upcoming shows. Our next story today is from Jamie Brickhouse. It was recorded in March 2021 at his home in New York City.
0: Michael and I are about to get married in 30 minutes. And not only are we not even dressed, I even have picked out our outfits yet. And the thing is, neither one of us ever wanted to get married. And I'm not sure if it was Trump or COVID that made the decision for us. But when we met 30 years ago, 30 years, it wasn't even an option. Not anything we even thought about. And whenever people ask us how we met, by the way, I always tell them the same story. Or I used to. We met September 23rd, 1990 in Central Park, on the first day of fall, at dusk. Oh, that's so romantic, girls would gush. Now, it's impolite to ask gay men how they met, because the answer is rarely polite. I mean, we did meet in Central Park, but we met in the Ramble, the uh, Brothers Grimm wooded area famous for watchers of birds and seekers of snakes, the one-eyed kind. Now, Michael and I both had wandered in there, merely looking for a pearl necklace, which we got with each other. But you know what? We emerged with something better, a pearl of love. And we went out a week later, and we've been together ever since. And when I tell that story to gay guys, they always say the same thing. Oh, my God, you're so lucky. The longest relationship I ever got out of the ramble was 20 minutes. Yeah, sure, we're lucky. But you know what? I believe in that concept of luck that you have to be prepared, have to be ready when luck happens. And I think we both were primed for it. I mean, I had been in New York for six weeks and I was desperately looking for a job and a man. And I found the man before the job. Michael, a month before we met, he had been in Scotland and he visited the fairy tree. It's a magical tree where you tie an article of clothing to it. And you make a wish. He tied a tube sock to it and wished to meet the love of his life. I wish it had been a jock strap, but hey. And 30 years, that's a long time to be with someone. We have been through a lot, seen a lot. I mean, my God, the Persian Gulf War, um, the death of our beloved cat Stoli, uh 911, my alcoholism and recovery, Hurricane Sandy, the death of both sets of our parents. And, you know, when it became legal for gays to get married, I mean, of course we were happy about that. But it was like, it's not for us. We don't need that. We don't need a, a piece of paper to, to validate our relationship. And it just felt like we would be aping the institution of straight marriage. Although we did exchange rings, but no ceremony. And that was just between us. But this past summer, after, you know, a a late winter of covid We were out in Cherry Grove, Fire Island, this uh, pretty much all-gay community where we spend a lot of our summers, and it was so wonderful to be there where we spent most of the summer because we were, you know, working from home, so to speak, after being locked down, and to be able to walk around outside and for it to be warm and sunny... It was wonderful and liberating, but you know what? It was also kind of sad because Cherry Grove was always this fun and festive place where there was always a celebration going on. You know, there was the, you couldn't spit without hitting a drag queen and uh, there was always a party at somebody's house or, um, you know, there was always dancing downtown and, and every weekend there were three or four drag shows going on simultaneously I was supposed to do a solo show there. They have a lot of theater there. And of course that was all canceled. So it was kind of a a, a Solomon's summer. But Michael and I, we were talking to another couple on the beach and they were had also been together a long time and had recently gotten married. And And they said, you know, they decided after all the years they were together, they they weren't going to leave each other anytime soon. And it just made sense financially and legally to get married. And we thought, you know... <laughs> We didn't know what was going to come with the next four years, if we were going to have the orange man back in office and maybe we couldn't legally get married. And of course, COVID brought our own mortality to light. And we were like, God, what if we did get sick? And what if we died? And we were like, you know what? I think maybe we should also get married because if one of us got sick or died, um, we wouldn't have to deal with all that legal mess that we've heard other gay couples unmarried and even other straight couples unmarried have had to deal with. So we thought, yeah, I guess it's time. And then we decided we would get married on our 30th Pearl anniversary, September 23rd, 2020. 2020. But we weren't going to do a big to do. No, you know, no ceremony, no big wedding. And, and you know, we were just and of course, we, this is in you know July or August that we decided this. So it was pretty much down to the wire. And I thought, you know, we'll just go to the courthouse, justice of the peace wedding. I'll wear a nice gray suit with a peplum and a, and a hat with a veil. And, uh, you know, some county clerk will throw rice at us. But of course, it's COVID. So we can't get married at the courthouse because it's closed. We have to do it via Zoom. And I'm like, well, that's kind of depressing, but, you know, it's it, it, we'll make the most of it. And the idea was, you know what? Fine. We'll get married on Zoom. We'll take a few, you know, cute pictures. We'll post them on Facebook, get 500 likes. Woo! And then we're done. And then go on with our life as normal. So... um Michael is an architect, so he's the one who organizes everything. He's the one the pictures are always hung straight with him. the 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 drawers are are um, organized to a T, and he's the one who takes care of of the finances and um, you know and filling out the forms and setting up the things. So he was the one who found us a date on Zoom and and figured out what we needed to do well i made the mistake of telling a friend of ours um, nicknamed blue eyes out in cherry grove that we were getting married and he said oh girl you got i've got to throw a party for you you know and i said no 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 i don't want that we don't want that and and it you know and you'd have to plan it he was like no 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 and i said besides it's covid you know wh- what do you mean a party he said well no it'll be you know i have that huge deck that overlooks uh the ocean and it would be perfect so it'll be outdoors it'll be covid safe and i was like uh and he had gotten married uh, a couple of years earlier to his long-term partner because his partner was sick, not with COVID. And um, and the partner died and he was still in mourning and he regretted that he didn't get married. And I was like, you know what? Okay. If you want to do that, fine. I said, but you know what? My one stipulation is that the dress code is all the guys have to wear pearl necklaces. He said, okay, you got it. So... Uh, The day of September 23rd, this, you know, Michael and I are in the apartment working away from home and we have 30 minutes uh, back to where the story started uh, to get ready for the, for our marriage. And I look at Michael and I said, "Uh, I guess we should kind of dress up or something, right? And he says, yeah, I guess so. So it's my job. That's my job. I'm the entertainment czar. Uh, I'm the one who books the restaurant reservations and the theater reservations when we could go to the theater. So I go into the closet and I pull our outfits, um, tuxedos, not matching tuxedos because we're not those kind of queens. And um, I'm like, how are we going to wed each other? Because we did exchange rings and that feels like an also ran. And, and again, it feels a little too traditional for my taste. I was like, ah. So I grab the matching Wilma Flintstone pearl necklaces that we're going to wear at the party on Saturday that our friend is throwing. And they were left over from the times uh, that we were the Junior League Housewives of Cherry Grove, one-fourth of July. That's a whole different story. I'm like, you know what? We can wet each other when the moment comes. Instead of rings, we'll use the pearl necklaces. So we log on to Zoom, and there we are in our little tuxedos, no bottoms, only tops. And uh, there are a lot of jokes right there. And the county clerk guy, really sweet, and he takes us through all these different forms and sign this and do that and then answer these questions and blah, blah, blah. And then we're like, okay, you're going to marry us? He said, oh, no, guys, I'm sorry. And you look so nice. He said, but uh, this, is, this is just kind of administrative paperwork. And after this, you have to wait 24 hours legally. And then you have to have a, um, an actual ceremony with an officiant. I'm like, oh my God, they are determined to make us have a wedding. So we're like, okay, fine. You know what? I said to Michael, why don't we just we'll we'll find someone out in Cherry Grove who can marry us and do it like right before the party on the on on Blue Eyes' deck. And so we call a friend who's a minister, and he says, sure, I'd love to do it. And he said, but he I, he can't do it on Saturday before the party because he has a a, a funeral, a COVID funeral. Oh my God, we're soaking it COVID. And he says, but I can do it on Friday um, at, at your friend's deck. And we're like, great, we can get out there by Friday. So we rush out there on Friday and then the the weather sucks. The clouds are all gray and pregnant with rain. I'm like, oh great. We're, you know, none of this is right. You know, we were, we weren't able to get married on zoom, like we wanted to on our actual anniversary. And, uh, the, the weather is not cooperating and and the guy can't marry us when we want him to marry us because of the COVID funeral. And it's just like, ah, this fucking pandemic. And so we get to, to, uh, Cherry Grove and we get to our place and we have a quick turnaround and we, we, uh, put on our, our little tuxes. Oh, and another thing, the minister also said, uh, have you written your vows? I'm like, vows? Can't you just say, uh, do you take this man that you've lived with for 30 years to be your lawful wedded husband and be done with it? He said, yeah, I can. But other guys that I've married, when they didn't do their own vows, they later regretted it. I'm like, okay. So we were being pressured into having a reception, pressured into having a ceremony now, pressured into having vows. Fine. So I'm the writer. It's my job to write the vows. So I've written the vows. So we put on our tuxes and we practice our vows. And then I'm like, oh my God, we need a a pearl necklace bearer as opposed to a ring bearer. So I text my friend Mark and I said, Are you out here? On are you on the island? He said, Yeah, why? I said, Well, we're getting married in about um like less than 30 minutes. Can you be our pearl necklace bearer? He said, Pearl necklace? I said, Not that kind, a real pearl necklace. He's like, Okay, you got it. So we get to our friend's deck and um The minister texts, and he's not going to be able to make the ferry in time to get there to wed us. So he's going to do it via Zoom. So we're still going to get married via Zoom. How very COVID. And we get to our friend's deck, and he has the altar set up, the altar being a black Weber grill. And he drapes a white sheet over that. And I put my computer on top of it so that the minister can join us uh, via Zoom. And there we are in our little tuxedos, and, and Mark, our friend, is, is holding our pearl necklaces. And then the clouds part, and I'm not making this up, and the sun comes out, and the last rays of sun shine down onto the ocean, and it's dusk, just like we met 30 years ago, plus two days. And the minister appears on the computer, and he weds us, and we say our vows, and with these pearl necklaces, we be wed, and we're married, and then the party is fantastic, and everyone has pearl necklaces on, everyone rose to the occasion, and um, Blue Eyes threw a fantastic party, you know, and I was so worried about all the details and everything, but, but he did a perfect job, but the best part was walking to town in our tuxedos and our pearl necklaces after we had just been wed. And people go nuts over a wedding. And gay people and lesbians go even crazier because it's still a novelty. It's still something special, even after, what, 10 years that we can get married? And they're like, oh my God, you look fabulous. Congratulations. That's, oh my God, you waited just the right amount of time, blah, blah, blah. And we get to the pizza parlor and there is our favorite cocktail pianist playing away because he can't play in the bar because of COVID. He can't, So he set up a stage outside and people are gathered out there to listen to him. And he serenades us with our song, September Song. And I had incorporated some of the lyrics of that song into our vows. Uh, it goes something like, these precious days I'll spend with you, these 30 years of precious days, I've already spent with you. Something like that. And standing there, Michael and I are beaming and we're glad that we got married and we're glad that we wrote our own vows and looking at everyone who's so happy for us. And many of these people are good friends. Some are just people we know by by face from from being out there all these years. And everyone was so happy to have this celebration after this kind of kind of stagnant, solemn, quiet summer, none of the joy that they were so used to out in Cherry Grove happened. And people came up to us afterwards and said that they were so happy that there was something finally to celebrate, you know, after all these months of of sadness and not being able to connect with others. And standing there, we felt really lucky. But you know what? We had 30 years to prepare for it.
2: That was Jamie Brickhouse. Called a natural raconteur by the Washington Post, Jamie is the New York Times published author of Dangerous When Wet, a memoir of booze, sex, and my mother. Jamie has appeared on PBS's Stories from the Stage, as well as the Moth podcast and the Risk podcast, and recorded voiceovers for the legendary cartoon Beavis and Butthead. He's a four-time Moth Story Slam champion, a National Storytelling Network Grand Slam winner, and a literary deathmatch champ. Jamie tours two award-winning solo shows, Dangerous When Wet, based on his critically acclaimed memoir, and I Favor My Daddy, based on his forthcoming memoir. Jamie has also shared a story on the Story Collider podcast before, I think about a year ago. You can check that out at storyclider.org. The Story Collider is so grateful to Jared and Jamie for sharing their stories with us. Story Collider is also very grateful for the support of Science Sandbox, a Simons Foundation initiative dedicated to engaging everyone with the process of science. This podcast is produced by me, Erin Barker, executive director and co-founder of the Story Collider with assistance from Story Colliders program director, Nissa Greenberg, and senior podcast editor, Jun Chen. Special thanks goes out to Story Collider's board and the rest of our staff, including managing director, Anne-Marie Lonsdale, science advisory fellow, Edith Gonzalez, operations manager, Lindsay Cooper, marketing manager, Nakisha Roberts-Washington, and our new intern, Jamie Banks, without whom none of this would be possible. The stories featured in today's episode were produced by Gastor Almonte and me, Aaron Barker, respectively. Our theme music was composed by Eva Gertz of the Fulton Street Music Group. We'll be back next Friday with the fifth of sixth installments of this series, and then we'll be back to, fingers crossed, live recordings. Until then, stay safe, wash your hands, wear a mask, get vaccinated if you can, love each other. Thanks for listening.